Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Liberty Lockdown. This is Clint Russell. I am so happy today because I get to have a guy on I've been watching for quite some time now. Someone who has been on the trail of truth. There are very few I can say that about. Without further ado, Mr. Viva Fry. Welcome in, brother. It is It is still morning. Good morning, Clint. How's it yes. going? Yeah, we're, we're, we're just hanging in there. Just barely morning. Um, I'm good, man. I'm good. For I mean, I'm sure most people do know you, but if you can give me a 60 seconds, who who is Viva Fry? 60 seconds. Uh, youngest of five kids, Montreal litigator turned now rumbler. I go, but you, I used to go by YouTuber, but now it's rumbler. Yes. Uh, yes. Law, lawyer by trade, uh, sworn in 2007, practiced for 13 years, give or take. Uh, never really liked one day more than the day before, uh, give or take towards 2016. Started winding down the practice, getting into legal analysis. Well, it wasn't even legal analysis at the time, but turned into legal analysis, commentary, political commentary, ended up running for office when the world uh, fell off the deep end of the sanity cliff and um, ended up moving to Florida because Canada fell off the deep end of the tyranny cliff. And uh, here yes. I am in, in Florida now for at least uh, a few years doing my thing. Same. Uh, uh, it's funny. We have a very, very similar path. Uh, instead of being a uh, professional lawyer, I was a mortgage broker, but uh, because I understand the the financial tyranny that we're uh, living under, that's really become my focus is expressing that to people and letting them know. And I think because of your your legal background, you can do that on a different level. But the, the funny thing is both of us have been left in a position of having to analyze medical studies, <laughs> which is not not our, our profession. Well, you know, analyze. I, I, we do the reading, and then you listen to both people on both right. ends, the ones who agree, the ones who disagree, and you hear the critique, and then you, at the end of the day, as a rational human, come to your own conclusion as opposed to deferring uh, religiously or reflexively to any one given authority. So it's important to know what, what, what the study says, what the articles say. It's important to know what the supporters say and what the detractors say, and then at the end of the day, throw your dart and take your best guess and, 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 and hope for the best. Yeah, well, I think there's a lot of people hoping for the best right now, and that's, uh, you know, I, I don't want to make light of that. That is, it's really sad. Uh, but you, I, I know a couple of days ago, you were going through one of the more more recent studies, and uh, it looks as if it's probably about a one in eight hundred rate, maybe up to a one in a thousand of people that are having side effects. Um, do you have any opinion as to to how we got here? Uh, I know. This is the interesting thing. Like you, you keep reading studies, uh, and there's studies on both ends, and and you know they say risk is one in a hundred thousand, and then you say, well, how are you how are you uh, calculating that number? Then you read a post on Twitter that says actually secondary study of uh, clinical the randomized clinical trial of Pfizer now confirms one in eight hundred, and you say that has to be fake, and then you go read it. You read the study. Uh, it shows apparently what they referred to as this was published on the NCBI or it was a NCBI or NIH. It was it was published or at least um, referenced on a legitimate website. Right. Whether or not it's been peer reviewed, whether or not it ha itself has been analyzed secondarily. But the, this was a, a reanalysis based on statistics of initial randomized clinical trials for Pfizer. And the conclusion this uh, analysis came to was that. Uh, what do they call it? They call them adverse events of, um, of concern of, uh, of significant concern. I believe is the I, word. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. Something along those lines. I can pull it up in, in a second of 
closer to one in 800 because we've now been hearing what is effectively being confirmed on both sides, but just minimized on one and maybe maximized on the other or just rationally dealt with on the other. Myocarditis in young men with the Moderna vaccine has now by and large been confirmed, accepted to be about one in 5,000. Uh, recent studies said one in 4,000 and change. So that's for a specific age bracket, young men, one in give or take 5,000, just to round it up favorably per dose. Confirmed by Dr. Kieran Moore out of Ontario in one of his, um, one of his pressers. Uh, it, it was such a shocking statement when he made it that Canadian media had to jump to his defense and say, no, no, he's wrong about that number. It's one in a hundred thousand. But then you see how people calculate that number. They're, um, I don't know what the word is, age stratifying. They're, they're, they're taking everybody mm -hmm. and not specific age brackets, which has been one of the primary complaints, critiques of the entire response, which is a one size fits all when one size doesn't fit all. Why are you jabbing up younger demographics who uh, are not at any meaningful risk from the Rona or insignificant risk from the, the, the Rona versus the older generation, which are at significant risk from the Rona, but not as much risk from the jibby jab. This is the terminology that we've we started creating. But I know we, we all talk oh. like we're talking to our kids now. <laughs> and so you hear people saying that's one in a hundred thousand. Okay. Well, but you're talking about everybody. And now we're talking about a specific demographic, which is not at meaningful risk, if any whatsoever from the Rona or from coronavirus, uh, who are at an increased risk from the jab. And so, that's a meaningful statistic. Mm -hmm. We can, you know, liars figure and fi figures lie and liars figure, whatever it is. So that's it. That's the latest. It's just you read one thing after another. They're confirming uh, now Pfizer and Moderna are doing trials to determine uh, the impact or the risk of myocarditis, which seems like something you would have want to have done to confirm was the case before selling it as safe and effective, set aside the effective part, saying it's safe and only now doing the tests to determine whether or not it is the clinical trials for myocarditis. It means that when they made the statement, uh, they were either willfully ignorant or deliberately misleading by making a statement that they did not have the evidence to support making that statement at the time. Bingo. And I think that in hindsight, because, uh, well, because we now realize what what we're dealing with to some extent, obviously the truth is developing as we speak, but um, it has essentially painted them into a corner where they're they're going to be in cover up mode probably for the rest of our lives, where like they can't they can't acknowledge what's transpired because then the emergency youth auth authorization and all of the things, all of the special powers that they gave themselves during that period will look to be insane. And it, I think that's I think that's probably what's happening right now is they don't want to face that fact. And but as you see more and more people that are injured, how are they not going to face it? It's uh, it's it's not just full cover up mode. It's full cover your ass mode. CYA, because um, you know, they've, they've given themselves immunity. The government has given the pharma companies immunity. Uh, the government itself benefits from sovereign immunity. What, what's the word? Um, there's another, the other type of immunity. You know, they benefit from immunity for their own actions as as elected officials. Oh, amnesty? Uh, no, 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 it's not. <laughs> but I, I keep saying a sovereign immunity because it's Canadian. Um, oh, geez, Louise, it, it's uh, immunity. There's a there's a there's a qualifier before it. I forget what it is right now. Okay, okay. Um, but the bottom line is, you know, in law, fraud vitiates everything. And mm. so, let if if Pfizer knew uh, that what they were saying was false or had no reasonable grounds to believe it was true and then made warranties and representations to the government. It will turn into the case where everyone's going to say, I was relying on them. I was relying on them like that 
that Spider-Man meme, the government pointing at Pfizer, Pfizer pointing at right, the CDC. Right. See, um, but if they made fraudulent representations as to efficacy and safety, well, the argument is going to be fraud vitiates everything and those injured by those false representations uh, should have the right to sue and not be uh, re you know, relegated to whatever the vaccine injury program maximums are for, for that particular country. Like Canada has a vaccine injury program, the States does as well, but by and large does not pay out uh, what a, a wrongful death or wrongful injury would at the very least in the States. So right. fraud, fraud vitiates everything. And, you know, there's a lot of backtracking happening now where Albert Bourla says, when I said it was 100% effective at preventing transmission or preventing COVID, I didn't mean it was 100% effective at preventing COVID as determined by the South African studies in his tweet of April 1st, 2021. I meant it was 100% effective at preventing severe infection when that's not what the tweet said or implied or intonated, nor was it what Fauci, Biden, Maddow, and everyone else was saying at the time. Um, so they're, they're, they're all in, in cover-up mode, but it, it's like wordsmithing around the statements they made. Oh, we didn't say it was 100% effective at transmission. We said it would reduce your likelihood of severe infection. No, you didn't. And that's not what anybody said at the time. And that wasn't the rationale for vaccine mandates. Because if it didn't prevent transmission, grandkid getting vaccinated to prevent granny didn't actually do that. Granny yeah. getting vaccinated would have protected her to the extent that it was efficient. Uh, but grandkid getting vaccinated, if he could still carry, contract, and transmit the virus, did nothing more to protect granny than her getting vaccinated herself. And the whole idea of vaccine mandates would have fallen flat on its face. Bingo. And I, I love I love the gaslighting of them trying to rewrite history. And I'm like, L listen, you motherfuckers use the same framing and phraseology across the board for months. So I'm not going to forget when you said safe and effective. I'm not going to forget it. I can't forget it. You said it one trillion times in a, a six-month period. Um, Fauci said it in an interview. If you get it, if you get vaccinated, you have right. that protection. You're blocked. Joe yep. Biden said, if you get the vaccine, you will not contract the virus. Rachel Maddow said in a in a long bit how you're you're prevented from contracting and protecting others. That was the rationale for right. compelling people to submit their bodies to what the NIH still to this day describes on its website as an experimental vaccine. It's the only rationale. That's the crazy part. Like, you have to believe that in order to justify mandating it. You have to. And if you don't, well, then there's no justification. So that's why most of us, in our, in my camp at least, think, well, there was probably fraud here. You probably lied because you couldn't have mandated it if you didn't lie about how efficacious it was. And, and anyway. I forget the, uh, the, the European parliamentarian who asked the Pfizer exec in some... European Commission, whatever it is, they were, asking, they were asking questions of Pfizer execs, and she said, "We didn't, we didn't even test on transmission because we were moving at the speed of science, which became a meme." Yeah, but no, it's like speed so of they, safe and effective. While we are currently determining whether or not it's safe, and while uh, we seem to have lied about the effectiveness of it, Albert yep. Bourla, people who may not know this, just Google it. One hundred percent South Africa studies, April first, twenty twenty one tweet from the CEO of Pfizer. Yep, you're absolutely right. It's real, folks, just so you know. Uh, I got uh, Moderna's CEO, Stefan Bonsell, saying how they're going to make up for these losses after all the lawsuits, as far as I'm concerned. this is that, That's my own commentary, but listen to this. As you say, cardiology, we have now in a clinic a super exciting program when we inject mRNA in people's heart after a heart attack to grow back new blood vessels to help revascularize the heart 
it's a bit like science fiction medicine, but that's what is really exciting to me. But the, the other side of this is that right now, Moderna, though it has this pipeline, has one commercial product, and that's the spike vax. That's the actual COVID vaccination. So that's the irony of COVID is it really has in some ways allowed you to go and develop these other areas because of the revenues that came through the door. You're 100% right. <laughs> Dude, you, you got to send, I'm going to find that link, but send it to me after this. Can oh, you yeah. imagine, like people have made the joke for a very long time since I was a kid, you know, pharma makes you sick so they can treat you uh, with more of their medications to treat the illnesses that they gave you in the first place. I've got to say, I, I, I'm going to change the header on my Twitter uh, handle to uh, as cynical as you are, you're still being naive because yes. I, I remember thinking that's too dark, that's too cryptic, it's too uh, cynical, <laughs> it's too conspiratorial. Moderna, the one that causes myocarditis, heart issues in one in four thousand three hundred and young, you know, young men. Oh well, now they're going to find a way to fix the damage they cause. I, I won't swear, but um, you know, we're, people forget. You're, Pfizer. you're free to if you'd like. Yeah, no, no. I, I was someone. Someone on my uh, local in our locals community said, "Viva, don't swear." It's not oh, okay, okay. So, uh, but you know, Pfizer, Johnson and Johnson are two of the companies that have paid of the largest, if not the largest criminal fines for concealing the harm that they knew their products were doing, causing, mm -hmm. sorry. And yet now just shut up and trust them. It's Johnson and Johnson, Pfizer and Moderna. I think Moderna is going to be added to that list in a few years because of what they've done here. Yes. Well, and, and as that, uh, <laughs> news analyst, which by the way, Hilarious that he can't ask, he can't think a single critical thought, but he was able to put together exactly what my thought was. Moderna has one product that's out in the market, and the second product that they put out is a product that helps to remedy the side effects of the only other product that they have that's in the market. And I was like, what the? F I mean, it's just, it's just so crazy. And he's sitting up there bragging about it. It's, oh, it's science fiction. We cause, I, I, now I'm doing Albert Burla's accent, but it's science fiction. We, he's French, right? Uh, the, the CEO I think of Moderna. So. We cause heart damage to your heart, and then we fix it afterwards. But then that fixing of your heart causes renal failure. But then we make kidney products, <laughs> and then you know, then it kills your liver. It's it's great. You know what the best thing is? I, I made a joke on Twitter, but I wouldn't have supported mandatory exercise programs uh, any more than I would have supported mandatory vaccine mandates. But two years of mandatory exercise would have produced better results than two years of mandatory uh, jibby jabs. It's, it's I'm not saying jab to be um, antagonistic for anybody watching this. Uh, you know, uh, there was an argument as to whether or not this was a vaccine, even under the new definition as right. amended in 2015 or whatever. Uh, again, Kieran Moore, chief medical officer out of Ontario, called it a therapeutic because something that doesn't prevent contracting, carrying or transmitting the virus and at best reduces the severity of symptoms is technically not a vaccine, but actually a therapeutic. I'll just call it the jab and not a vax, but that's fair. And, you know, according to the dictionaries that are constantly evolving, I'm sure that it's now technically, according to some dictionary, it, these are the new uh, definition of vaccines. But I think based off of everything we've ever experienced or expected, they're not. And, oh. and I, I think it's just it's just being honest to say so. I was talking to I forget whom now. Uh, but, they, you know, the idea was that had they not had they not changed the language before so that they can tell everybody, take this vaccine. And had they been compelled to refer to it at was, as what it was, what it is, gene therapy, which I, I was slow to understand this, mRNA is in fact gene therapy. And if they were referring to this as an experimental uh, gene therapy, uh, first time in the history of humankind, mRNA has been used 
in this context. Well, maybe people would have been a little more reluctant to jump on board and go, go, you know, jab themselves as many did, including myself. Insert RAR here. I love these guys. You know, I know, you know, I know them well. You know, I love them both. Brian and John, goodness gracious. Lines of Liberty is one of the greatest and longest running libertarian anarchist podcast networks in the world. On Monday, John Odermatt delivers a powerful mix of inspiration, health, and faith to set your mind, body, and soul free with finding freedom. And once you're feeling better about yourself, Mr. Brian McWilliams comes in every Wednesday. He makes you laugh at our broken world while providing the promise of a better future with mean age daydream. Friday includes shows like Meme Wars or Hate Watch or their famous libertarians in living rooms drinking liquor, which is uh, Brian's specialty because he is a raging alcoholic. You have to you have to listen to this show because he's not going to be with us forever, folks. Lions of Liberty, the first step towards freedom. Listen today to the Lions of Liberty ne Network everywhere podcasts are found. Again, that is Lions of Liberty. Had, had they referred to it as that with correct language, it might have met a little more friction. So change language. Let everyone think that this is a a, a vaccine like tetanus, like MR. Uh, what's the other one? Measles, MMR, like uh, polio. Let everyone think it's a, a time-tested, true, safe and effective, decades of, of historical data vaccine. They'll be much more um, inclined to, to to jump on board of a sinking ship. Yeah. Well, and and a lot of people. <laughs> jumped on the Titanic. It looks like, and, and I, I I say it laughing, but it's not funny at all. Obviously, it's tragic. Um, what do you think? What do you think it is? I, I I haven't heard you extrapolate into the conspiracy realm as to what how this all transpired. Uh, obviously, there there is a lot of um, a lot of evidence that they had been preparing for something like this that could just be coincidental, and they could have just been preparing. Uh, for uh, a pandemic outbreak, you have Fauci on record in the week prior to Trump uh, taking office saying we will have an unexpected <laughs> outbreak during his presidency. It's a lot of weird things. I'm not saying that it necessarily paints a full picture, but do you have any just I'm not asking for a definitive answer no, either. But no, no, do, I know. do you suspect something strange, maybe? Uh, well, no, it's that it, whether or not I know people float the idea of population control, proactive population control. I know people float the idea of uh, Agenda 2030, which, right. you know, once upon a time was considered conspiracy theory on Twitter back in 2020. The Great Reset didn't exist until people saw the PDF files on the WEF website. Yes. Um, I, you know, I, I, I cannot jump on the board of deliberate population control. Uh, although, you know, if someone was going to make a, a science fiction dystopian novel about the future and how they did it, I'm not sure what, <laughs> what they would do differently. <laughs> exactly. uh, but I, you know, I, I just chalk it up to the old, never let a good crisis go to waste. Um, mm -hmm. They planned for pandemics. It's true. They had some project that they, they carried out in 2019, which had a playbook of this but then again, so did the movie Contagion. So that came out a little while ago. Uh, it, to me, it's it's never let a good crisis go to waste. Go to waste. And whether or not this was deliberately triggered versus accidentally released from a gain of function lab in Wuhan, China, and then uh, weaponized by politics and money, the outcome is the same. It was definitely politicized. It was definitely weaponized, and it was definitely exploited for the 2020 election. And it was exploited to test just how far the governments can go with the consent, the willing consent of a terrorized uh, populace. And the government has learned two years of incessant day in, day out fear porn can really cause people to act irrationally based on the fear and 24-7 anxiety that they're feeling to the point where they'll sacrifice and willingly give up 
their most fundamental civil rights and liberties, movement, religion, association, speech, they'll give it up willingly if they think it's just buying them the security that the government is promising them after two years of psychologically terrorizing them. Bingo. And what that has created is such a, a enormous fissure in our civilization where you have those that have been inundated with that, what I believe is an overt or maybe covert propaganda campaign. And then you have those that have woken up to how insane all of this has been. And there's such a huge gap between those two groups of people. And then there's also the, you know, the sunk cost of having received the, the jab. And now many of those people just for their own sanity have to stay in that worldview because they it's too painful to to realize that perhaps you were deceived and very likely deceived. Uh, can we can we bridge that divide? Is it even possible at this point? Because I'm not I, so I, sure. I don't know. The funny thing is um, people say, you know, people just have to learn from their mistakes but like mark twain said it's it's easier to trick it's easier to fool people than it is to convince them they've been fooled right and and the issue here is that look i i i genuinely feel bad for people who are in this position but it's not just that people made the decision for themselves they made it for their kids mm -hmm. now they have to realize and live with the potential that they might have out of fear out of trust out of blind trust out of ignorance they might have harmed the entities that they brought into this earth to protect. It's one thing to make a dumb decision for yourself. We, we do it all the time. Um, and so what, what, how can someone deal with that psychologically? There, there, there are, I don't know that there's a way to deal with that psychologically uh, without just convincing yourself it was the right thing to do. Not the, not the, the, the mm -hmm. rightest thing to do at the time, the right thing to do going forward so that you don't have to face the fact that you might have, um, in, in some people's cases, caused the ultimate prejudice to your child uh, out of fear, out of thinking you were protecting them, and now out of knowing, my goodness, we, we, we've never been able to trust government and pharma. Why did we do it now so blindly? Yes. And, and why did, I think what's really confusing for many people is why did the left, which has historically been very averse to corporate power, how did they acquiesce? How did they get so in alignment with this? Do you have any thesis as to that? Because my my personal opinion is that they trust the cathedral, they trust the media, and and if the media tells them that, that's what they do. It's a it's a, okay. So it's an interesting thing. Like yes, the left historically, seventies left. We hate the government. We hate war. We hate big. We hate we hate big big not big tech but big companies. We hate the corporate sure. world. Uh, I don't know that you know this will turn into in the future another switching of the parties myth. Like, oh no, the, mm. the, the 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 Democrats never did that. It was um whatever party switching nonsense. Um, I think it's the inevitable result of when you come into power. Uh, so that you know, I, mm. I don't know what the what the what the political power battle was decades ago, but you know, once upon a time, it was the Republican side who wanted to censor speech, who thought The Simpsons was a bad influence, who, you know, won't someone think of the children? And eventually, the, the Democrats, you're fighting against the powers, so you have to be contrarian and take the opposing views. Then you get into power and you're like, hey, I like it here. I don't want people challenging me. Mm -hmm. uh, these, are the, these, are the, these are the institutions that keep us in power, and so I'm going to just start supporting them. The, we're in power. We need to support the government. We're in power. We need to support the government. The government works hand-in-hand -hand with uh, big pharma, big tech. And so then we have to support them as well, because if we lose power, the people who mm. we now deem to be our ideological adversaries take power. So it becomes this, this cycle. 
Right. Uh, but I but I think a lot of the left, you know, above and beyond the very loud um, blue check mark Twitter accounts and social media, I think a lot of them are realizing it. But the problem is a two party system. Uh, you're, you're choosing between Kang and Kodos. And in Canada, we don't have a two-party system, but we have effectively a two-party system where you're, where you're voting between Kang and Kodos and Kang Jr. and Kodos Jr. They just happen to be two different parties with ideologically identical, um, you know, politics. Yeah. Well, if, for my American audience, if you could explain how Trudeau has maintained his, his stranglehold on power. He just, he seems like such an overt tyrant to someone like me, like, like even more than by, I like, one of the biggest tyrants on earth. I honest to God, that's like, that's the vibe he gives me. I mean, he does it all with this relatively decent looking face and, and uh, you know, smiling visage, but he's just so transparently owned by whether it's the world economic forum or communism. I don't know what it is. Well, it's, 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 it's power. It's you, 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 you get owned by the power that you seek. I don't know. I've always heard that he was always bad. Um, he's the son of Pierre Elliott, who from the people who lived through Pierre Elliott, say Pierre Elliott destroyed Canada even worse than Justin Trudeau. The, the irony is for anyone who's paying attention and has heard about Justin Trudeau invoking the Emergencies Act to violently suppress the most peaceful protest Canada has ever seen, that was only the second, maybe the third time in the history of Canada that that act, which replaced the War Measures Act, was ever invoked. The other dude who did it, Trudeau's father, back in the, the FLQ crisis, the uh, Front Libération de Québec back in the 70s, I think it's late. No, it was in the 70s. Uh, and Trudeau's dad invoked the Emergencies Act, the War Measures Act at the time. Admittedly, for a bit better of a justification, there was real political turmoil. There were kidnappings of politicians, murder of politicians, pipe bombs going off in mailboxes in, in, the, in the area where I lived. Wow. But once he invoked it, he used it to persecute his, his, his political adversaries. He weaponized it, exploited it beyond the intended purpose. Justin Trudeau, Never had any basis to invoke it in the first place. But all that to say, his, he learned from his dad, although some people think his dad is Fidel Castro, but that's an internet meme that people can go Google. Um, they look a hell of a lot alike. They look, they look more alike than, than he does to his father, but uh, whatever. <laughs> Genetics can, can, can be wonky sometimes or totally accurate. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, he, he has been, since 2015, the most uh, benevolent tyrant you've ever mm -hmm. uh, imagined. Like the stuff... Is it Lewis Carroll or, or um, oh, who's the one that said that, the, the, you know, the, the most evil tyrant are the ones who do it with the, with the blessing of their own soul because they will tyrannize you 24-7 in their sleep where at least the baron uh, will sleep and his, you know, the, the tyranny of the baron yeah. who's just evil will, will also take a rest. He said he loves China or he has great admiration for the basic dictatorship of China and he's basically implemented that policy in Canada. But he does it with nice socks. He does it with a smile. He's he does it after having bought off the media, and so he's he's figured out the perfect tactic. And I, I suspect it's very much the same in China: control state media, uh, and so even the bad press that you get is still pretty darn good press. Um, control speech, suppress speech, criminalize speech, uh, like they did with certain federal legislation back when Jordan Peterson was, was, was raising the alarm right. about it, like they're doing now with Bill C-11. Censorship, always under the pretext of benevolence. We've got to protect hate speech. We've got to add gender identity, gender expression to aggravating factors of hate crimes under the criminal code. Always with benevolence. But to the point where when your ideological adversary says, um, I don't know, 8645, like Whitmer did, well, that's not violence, but, w oh, sorry, that is violence. But when you say it, it, it means something different. 
Uh, so he's, he's got the formula by the media, yeah. suppress free speech. Uh, he doesn't have a stranglehold of power. And I think people are growing tired of him, e even liberals. I mean, he's got a minority government, but he's figured out how to stay in power, control the media, uh, control thought itself, control language and control debate. And uh, lo and behold, you can get people to vote themselves in to tyranny willingly yeah. with a smile on their face. Well, I mean, this is not a he's not writing the playbook. He's reading it. You know, this is this is what most tyrants have done throughout history. I think what makes this somewhat novel is that historically, when you went into some sort of tyranny, oftentimes religion had been used where it was like, we're going to ban speech that is anti God or, you know, things of that nature. Um Obviously, there's other examples where it was not that, you know, China comes to mind, uh, Russia too, to some extent. And it just, I mean, the playbook is so, it's so worn, you know, it, it's been used so many times to get civilization to these positions. But for whatever reason, modern Americans and Canadians, uh, I think they just, they fail to grasp how not just how close we are, but how deep down that path we already are in terms of speech suppression and spying. My God, the spying and the taxes. I mean, half of our income is taken away. Uh, we get very little in return. We're also a dying empire, endless wars. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking for Americans more than yeah. Canadians, but you guys have been in your fair share as well. Um, what do you think it'll take to get people to to realize what we're talking about here? Like, is it just is it just that it's so hard for people to imagine you know, well, we have the internet and we're, we've been free most of our lives. So of it, course we're going to stay free. It, it's, I, there was a great meme. Uh, there was a great meme. It was from a cartoon. I don't know which one, but it's two guys talking. And one guy says, um, uh, what do you say? There's something along the lines of like the pet, you know, I, I'm now, I'm now just discovering that the pandemic was a, a let's call it a weaponized uh, event. And then the other guy says, dude, I've been telling you that for two years. And the guy replies, you couldn't have known that two years ago. The news just told me yesterday. <laughs> I, I mean, th that's, that's the framework that people, you know, the, the idea that if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to worry about is not a new concept. Right. And the, the same tactics that dictators have used throughout history, you know, detailed in, 1980, in Orwell's 1984, he wasn't predicting the future. He was recounting the past in a, in a, in a manner that will be timeless. Uh, right. The reasons why it worked in the past is because people were, to some extent, just as docile, just as passive, just as um, naive and gullible then. If you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to worry about surveillance. I mean, that's not a new concept. And so people today fall for the same things people fell for back in the day. Um, and that's just a little bit of history repeating to yeah, whatever right. that song was. Um, so, you know, they're using the tactic, the playbooks, the irony. You say, you know, it used to be done under the pretext of religion. Uh, I, my, my whole thing now is government thinks it's the new God. Government acts like it's yes. the new God. They erect monuments to the sky like they are gods. They tell you what to think like they're gods. They tell you who to hang out with like they're gods. They tell you what to read. And they control every, well, at the very least in Canada, which was part of the reason why we made a decision, they try to control every minute aspect of your life like gods. And they regard themselves as gods. Infallible. The rules don't apply to them. The rules apply to you. And they make the rules. Well, uh, isn't, isn't science truth and isn't Fauci the science? So isn't Fauci the truth and is God not the truth? So is Fauci not God? I mean, I can do this logical it, connection it, all day. No, no, and they do it. And that's why, you know, I lied. Yeah, because I because it was the right thing to do because I make right. the rules. Um, it's 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 nuts. I mean, what's it going to take for people to wake up? It doesn't take everybody. It doesn't take 100%. doesn't take 50%. Some, someone once told me it takes 10 to 15% of the population to finally wake up ideologically mobilize 
to make a difference in, in, a, in a peaceful manner. Uh, so hope, hopefully we reach that threshold. I, I mean, the, the, the more things progress and the more the truth comes out, the more people will say, yeah, oh, remember in Canada, people, you'll find this ironic and, and sad. Justin Trudeau is apologizing for the historical atrocities committed by prior governments, including that of his father, about the residential school system in which they ripped Native uh, American kids from their family, put them in these residential schools where they were abused in all sorts of ways. They did it for the greater good because back in the day, they were doing it for the good of the children. Um, in these schools, sexual abuse, physical abuse, psychological abuse, uh, the idea was assimilation, which is you know deemed by some to be a, a passive form of genocide. Uh, and experimentation on 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 some of these kids, medical experimentation to see, uh, you know, diet issues, medication issues. Oh, our current government is apologizing for experimentation and abuse done in the great in the name of the greater good historically and relatively recently historically. But it's inconceivable that they would ever do something similar again in real time for the greater good to protect us. I mean, it's it's nuts. Wow. Yeah, the fact that people can't connect those dots, or the fact that they have no shame as they, as they investigate the evils of their past, they repeat them in the present. Mind blowing, and and I think what makes this so remarkable, and and what makes this truly novel and unique, is that this is the first time, in my opinion, that we have seen both the, what I think is going to be a global, debt implosion or fiat reset, but also a global totalitarian push that is, it is not a singular nation. This is not an empire taking over the globe. This is a supranational, a bunch of countries just all walking in lockstep towards the same endpoint. And what it looks like to me is kind of a Chinese style model where they control the population with technology. Um, is that, am I crazy to think that that's kind of where we're headed? Look, I keep telling you about the medical health establishment and how absolutely unhinged it has become. It's true. But if you put your life on autopilot, you're going to, you're going to end up disappointed. Have you not been disappointed after listening to these lunatics? Yeah, I have been too. Well, open enrollment is almost here. And that means that now is the time to take charge of your healthcare decisions. We all know the system isn't working, but thanks to CrowdHealth, we can do something about it. CrowdHealth puts your healthcare back in your hands. It cuts out the middlemen, saving money, and it funds your healthcare costs without relying on big government or big insurance companies. This is right up our alley, folks. But don't wait until it's too late because open enrollment ends January 15th. That is days away. You have to get on it. The problem with insurance, well, it's broken. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Uh, CrowdHealth has a better way to fund your healthcare costs. You can see any doctor you want. There's no deductibles, exclusions, or co-pays. You only pay the first $500 of any healthcare event, and the CrowdHealth community takes care of the rest. No exclusive doctor networks, no huge premiums or high deductibles, and no surprises. The way it works, they basically pool your subscription money, more or less, and, uh, and then they handle the, the bills of the community. It's a beautiful kind of communal network. Uh, I think it's one of the, the most innovative and creative ideas to deal with what is a truly broken insurance model. So here's your chance. Take charge of your healthcare today with CrowdHealth. Open enrollment is the only time you can hit eject on the broken system without penalty. So do not wait. And for a limited time, join for just $99 per month for your first six months when you use promo code LOCKDOWN at jointcrowdhealth.com. 
Open enrollment ends January 15th, so sign up today before it's too late. That's joincrowdhealth.com, promo code LOCKDOWN. Crowd Health is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for healthcare. Terms and conditions may apply. They said it. I mean, the, the funny thing is this. I, <laughs> I grew up with the with the rock band New World Order. I didn't know what the word meant back in the day. Right. That was a conspiracy theory until they said it. I mean, until they say a new world order. I mean, yep. they say the words. Now the idea of a great reset was conspiracy until you read it. Now you talk about 2030, uh, you will own nothing and be happy. Oh, that we, we didn't mean that. That was just a, a, a theory posited by someone, a journalist writing. It, it is obvious what it has become. I mean, it's 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 fascism in the literalist of senses in that yes. it's government working with media uh, to control all aspects of individual life. Uh, but then, you know, it is it's beyond the nation. It's it's under these government. These the, the word globalist now has a conspiratorial concept to it, even though that's exactly what it is. And they refer to themselves as such. Of course. The WHO, a global government. That is what was referred to as the New World Order back in the day. It's not conspiracy theory. They say it in so many words. You're just supposed to accept that it's for the greater good. Government knows best, despite all of their prior, you know, historical atrocities, despite all of the corruption of the of the big pharma that they are using to enact all of these global policies. And uh, the citizens are just supposed to shut up like plebs and do what their overlords tell them. And that's uh, uh, there's there's a pushback. There's a populist uh, pushback in 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 many countries, uh, Europe, America. Uh, to some extent, I don't know, the Brazilian thing is a little more complicated, but sure. there is a populist pushback, which is exactly why the powers that be have to crush populism and the populist spirit because, it, you know, demonize it. Populism is individual, selfish, um, not caring for the environment, and globalism is for the greater good, even if it means desecrating every individual right uh, imaginable. Yeah, well, and it doesn't seem as if there is a right that they're not willing to desecrate. Um, yeah, I, I'm very concerned, man. I, I'm very concerned that like this is it's it's such an interesting paradigm where they're able to tell us what they're doing, but then if we talk about it, we get banned from social media and we get banned from YouTube, we get banned from all over the place. And I mean, now we have hard evidence. I don't know about uh, if there's leaks that have proven this to be the case in Canada as well. I wouldn't be surprised if it were. Um, but you have direction from the CDC, the FBI, a whole bunch of, you know, HHS, a bunch of different government organizations that are dictating who and what should be banned uh, from social media. That's only on Twitter, but we've seen some evidence that it's occurring on Facebook and Instagram. It's undoubtedly occurring on oh, more, if it's, not it's, all. Yeah. Um, so, so what yeah. we're, I mean, how can we possibly win if they're going to ban us as we just repeat what they're saying about or to us? You, remember, you would get banned if you said, uh, in fact, was it Berenson who got banned for tweeting back under old administration? The vaccines don't work. They don't They don't prevent transmission. Banned. Now that's accepted fact. Back in the day, you say masks don't work. You got banned. But when Fauci said masks don't work, don't buy them, don't worry. That was the science. Just one um, year prior, he said that. <laughs> it's, and then he admits, you know, then he admits he lied, but it was also you know, not to have a run on PPE because you don't want the doctors not to have masks. But now we're back to right. some people saying he lied about the lie because masks don't work. But set that all aside. <laughs> um, it, it, the, the, the censorship is, I mean, it's a massive problem. People are becoming aware of it. But again, people, some of them just still don't understand that what is misinformation one day is truth another. And the only way to get to the truth faster is for active real-time discussion. 
Thank you. Uh, and, and and had had there been the discussion about the origins of the virus, because back in the day, you couldn't even say it was gain of function leak from a lab in Wuhan, China. That was racist. Uh, the <laughs> Lancet, the Lancet said it was a racist conspiracy theory that was hindering uh, ch the response to the to the pandemic and demonizing Chinese doctors. 18 months later, the Lancet publishes another article saying it was always a perfectly plausible theory as though just, you know, we're supposed to forget. Oh, had man. we had this discussion in real time, could the response have been different? Would would the response to treatment have been different? If you know that this is a potentially human-modified uh, virus, would your treatment potentially be different? Because it's not going to act like traditional viruses from nature. Who knows? The censorship costs lives. That's, that's my bottom line takeaway from this. It actively costs lives. Not being able to have the discussion about myocarditis and the links to the jab early on costs lives. Uh, the only question is going to be at the end of the day, is there going to be any lawful political accountability for this or uh does it get swept under a rug or do or do or does it well i i don't like hypothesizing on the worst case scenarios but does it get swept under a rug or is there political judicial accountability i think we're working closer towards the political judicial accountability because i don't think this truth can be hidden for much longer uh but then you're dealing with a court system which is as in a great many cases as highly politicized as politicians themselves as the media itself, as Big Pharma itself. So you got to get judges who start to feel emboldened, empowered to actually apply the Constitution and defy the pressure from Big Pharma, from Big Government, from politics to, to render the decisions holding these people accountable for the wrong things that they may have done as determined after trial. <laughs> got to be, so, be, ju be judicious. <laughs> I was just going to say, so judicious, man. Uh, you, can, you can tell your, uh, your background, but... Um, yeah, I'll say it more bluntly. <laughs> they censored us and people died. That's that's just the reality. And and the reason I know that we we would have been able to handle this differently is because I, even with my coded language, was doing this this studies there this this research in the summer of 2020, and I was coming to all these same conclusions, which are now just truths. They're just given facts at this point, even though. You were banned if you said it explicitly back then. So, yeah, of course, of course, if you censor people as they're trying to uncover the truth, particularly with it being a lab leak, which is what it appears to have been, um, and you're and you're not informing the medical establishment, which is working as fast as possible to create some sort of cure for it, and you're not telling them this, like no, how no, crazy and, is that? And because I listened to uh, Brett Weinstein on 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 Joe Rogan, I believe, but you know, yes. if you if you're dealing with a man-made virus or a man tinkered with virus, will it will affect uh, the body differently? And yep. so that would affect the manner in which doctors, who in theory had control over their practices, the manner in which they treat it. Couple this with the fact that in real time, at the same time, certain treatments which are now resurfacing as potential, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for when, to prevent something? Uh, preventative, but there's another word. Oh, uh, what do you- Prophylactic? Uh, I don't know, I'll say with preventable, preventative me uh, treatments like hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, which demonized, censored, uh, actually, outlawed and now some you know some doctors who prescribed it were, were having their licenses threatened if not taken away right uh and now it's now that's resurfacing uh, you know maybe there was some utility to that uh i forget where i was going oh in terms of censorship affecting the the, the manner in which it's dealt with uh the treatments through which uh doctors could 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 avail themselves mm -hmm. and and the doctor's uh freedom to carry out their practice on an individual basis and again not on a one-size-fits-all basis but yeah no doubt it cost people's lives
in uh, in my humble opinion. Yes, I, I think, and I think it's not a small number either. And that's that's what makes me so mad is that you know, and now on the inverse of that, so you have people that that get COVID and they're and they're sick and they need help, and you're you're deceiving the medical establishment as to what we're dealing with. So you do not get the assistance that you need. And then you also need to have no available treatment in order to get the emergency use authorization for the jab, which is safe and effective, right? And it's not safe and effective. So you have now withheld treatments that could have saved lives. And now you're not just prescribing, but demanding people take something else that will cost lives. So on both sides of this thing, it's so crazy. And then let's add on the, the cherry on the top of this fucking Sunday that Anthony Fauci is responsible for greenlighting the funding to EcoHealth Alliance that went to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. There's no way this son of a bitch doesn't know what's going on. There's no fucking and, way. And, and, and lied about it under oath. Yes. And then and then gets it, like all fact checkers, gets into the wordsmithing, relying on his brethren. Oh, that's not gain of function. That I have a paper yeah. signed by 12 colleagues that that's not gain of function. What we did was uh, and, not gain and, of function of concern is was his language, which it, I found it's, interesting. It's 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 atrocious. Um, but where 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 does it go? Uh, I don't I I, I don't want to <laughs> have I don't want to pat put bad juju out in the universe. <laughs> there there has to be some uh, political and judicial yeah. accountability. Has and to we'll be. See. Yeah, there um, has to be. Three, th Buddha said it, three things cannot long be hidden, the sun, the moon, and the truth. The truth is coming out now, um, and people are, getting, people are getting sensitive to it. There are lawsuits. We'll see where they go. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has got a lawsuit. Brooke Jackson, whistleblower lawsuit against Pfizer, uh, or against the FDA, sorry. There are, there are lawsuits out there, and at some point, the evidence is just going to be too bloody damning for people to ignore, even, even the courts. Yeah. I love that you used bloody. It reminded me of Jordan Peterson, a fellow heroic Canadian like yourself. Um, let me let me just get out of here with this. Uh, Lauren Chen tweeted out. She said, Canada is now actually implementing affirmative action in the criminal justice system from the Minister of Justice and Attorney General, who has pronouns in his bio. Uh, when sentencing, judges will take into account experiences with racism and discrimination. And and just to prove that it actually was said, it's a uh, David Lamet Lametti, I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with them. He's the minister of uh, not the. He's one of the. Uh, what minister is he? He's uh, the. I know. It's all. It's all in uh, minister of justice and attorney general of Canada. Yeah. Oh, he's the one uh, who took. Yeah, he took over for uh, Jody Wilson Raybould. Okay. Jo um, jo yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, and he says, uh, for the first time in Canada's history, we have repealed mandatory minimum penalties that directly contribute to the overrepresentation of Indigenous, Black, and racialized people in our justice system. Canadians deserve a system that keeps us safe and is actually fair for everyone. For the record, I am totally good with getting rid of mandatory minimums. But he continues, now that C5 has passed, judges can craft sentences for low-risk offenders that actually fit their crimes and take into account experiences with racism and discrimination. I think I think that that's where most people start to go. What are we doing here? That we're going to, I mean, because obviously, if you have an attorney, you're going to say, "Well, I've had," and you're a minority, you're going to say, "Well, I've I've experienced racism, so you must let me go." It is. Um, for, first of all, I, I I'm glad we actually agree on I, mandatory minimum sentences. I don't I don't like. I mean, leave no, leave it to the discretion of the judge, and uh, don't. The, the problem is that it's 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 unduly punitive, typically for um, crimes that you know. Where the judge has no option, first-time offender, whatever, a bunch of attenuating circumstances. Right. I'll say, I don't know what he means by the you know the racializing. It, it, the thing is, it could be the other way around. I mean, you could get a judge who 
who might implement harsher sentences because uh, for racial reasons. How about just leave identity politics out of Please. the justice system if you want to have a justice system that doesn't factor in identity politics? Yeah, um, well, that would be lovely. And the ultimate irony, Lametti replaced Jody Wilson-Raybould, who was the first female indigenous Mojang, Minister of Justice and Attorney General, who was demoted after she refused to adhere to Justin Trudeau's um, corrupt demands regarding SNC-Lavalin. I don't know if you know that. Oh, wow. No, oh, that's incredible. It's inc So she was the Minister of Justice, Attorney General. Two different hats. One actually advises the government, and the other one is supposed to be an independent prosecutor. Mm -hmm. uh, SNC-Lavalin is like this multinational uh, construction conglomerate. Uh, they were doing work in Libya. They were being accused of fraud in their dealings in Libya. Justin Trudeau was trying to pressure Jody Wilson-Raybould uh, not to prosecute SNC-Lavalin and to enter into a deferred prosecution agreement uh, to let them off because, you know, politics. She refused to do that, said, I'm going to prosecute them anyhow. And then he demoted her out of office uh, where he took where he took virtue signaling credit for having appointed an indigenous woman. He fired her when she refused to adhere to his corrupt demands and replaced her with a white man who's going to do exactly what he says. It's just <laughs> it's it's disgusting irony is what yeah. it is. And it's and it just demonstrates how performative everything that they do is, including having the pronouns in their bios and whatever, whatever. Um, all right, I, I Lametti gotta... has pronouns in his bio. Yeah, she said he. Who him. would look at Lametti and have the slightest doubt if he goes by <laughs> he or she? Who Who would look at Lametti? For, maybe we need to see a picture of what Lametti looks like so people get this. Yes, there's no confusing uh, his pronouns. No, no, it's it's absurd. Um, I, because we're running out of time, I'll I'll, I'll <laughs> maybe I'll drop a link to the guy's picture in the description. But uh, old, I gotta get you... old man with white hair is what he is. Yeah, yes, exactly. Um. I, I got to get your opinion before we get out of here, because I'm sure people will be interested uh, in your take on it. Um, Biden has had yet another trove of, of classified <laughs> documents that, that are now hidden in like some fucking crawl space in his house. <laughs> it's, like, it get, it's so bad because the initial defenses that people were raising are now no longer valid. They are now right. invalid. Oh, it was an accident. It was at his lawyer's office. No longer valid. One guy said, who was it? Oh, I think his last name. I don't want to say a wrong last name and put anyone on blast. He says, sure. oh, uh, FYI, people, accidentally taking government documents isn't a crime. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Did you just add the word accidentally as if to say not breaking the law isn't illegal, people. Breaking the law is. It was yeah. an accident for it's it's we're going to see the mental gymnastics. We're going to see the political hypocrisy. The other thing is that I think I might have actually just tweeted out right before we started. Mm. Uh, I, part, the cynic in me says, hey, look, the deep state says they've had enough with Biden. So let's uh, let's find a way to oust him from office, uh, either through impeachment, either through Article 25, whatever, amendment, the 20, whatever it is, yeah, yeah. 20, senility. Uh, it looks like people have had enough of Biden. He might be too much of a liability. So, hey, let's discover some classified documents and impeach him. And then we can use that impeachment to further justify our persecution of Trump for the same reasons. It's, a, dub it's, a, it's a double whammy. It, I, I I hate I hate when all, all of us come to the same conspiracy theory at the same time because then I don't feel special. But it, it, I mean, it just it looks so obvious, doesn't it? Like hey, look uh, at that the guy the guys the guys too much of a liability. Two and a half years in, we've gotten what we needed out of him. We've gotten an endless war in Ukraine and Russia. Uh, let's let's oust this guy. Put in someone else who's going to be a more reliable representative. And what better? Oh, look at that! We just discovered some classified documents. Who who can believe it? Oh, yeah, it's such oh, a and it's like it's almost like it responds to the defense. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, so accidentally is not illegal, and it was in his lawyer's office. Well, let's make it a little more deliberate and somewhere else now. <laughs> now they don't have that defense. What's going to be the defense of the left now? 
You no longer have accident, one location, only 12 documents. Let's see what it is. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they spin it. I think you might be right, though. I think that they might be positioning it to be so egregious that they have to go after both he and Trump so that they can move into whoever their next chosen candidate yeah. is. Um, well, let's let's except by the way, the difference is that Biden was VP at the time, and I'm not sure that he has the same yeah um, he doesn't classification privileges as the president. So there's there's a Correct. whopping difference in all of this. No, there there is. I had Roger Stone on a couple of days ago, and he and he emphasized that point as well. And I think you're both right that this is actually worse in many ways. But at the same time, we have so much overclassification of our documents. Like to me, this in both instances, it can be totally nothing. Well, not, not just nothing. It could be relevant. Like they, they classify stuff that would embarrass them. So I mean, they, yeah, that, sure. it's, it's, it's the classification is, is self um, uh, self-serving, but uh, so right. I don't, I don't make much of that in the first place, but the hypocrisy of the treatment yes. uh, is equally self-serving and, and I'll make a big issue of that. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Um, we have to at least point it out whether or not they're going to do anything about it. Well, Viva, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, man. I, I met you at Freedom Fest in, God, where was it? I think Vegas. It was Las Vegas, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I was like, I'm going to get you on my show one day. And it happened. How it, cool it, is that? The timing works out. It just, it, the, the, the things, things have to align and and all, all for the better. It's great to see you again. Yeah, that, Absolutely. The, Freedom Fest was amazing. Yeah, it was. And uh, I'll be on TimCast IRL on next tuesday the 17th so make sure you guys check that out go ahead and tell uh or go ahead and tell my audience where they can follow and support you you can go to locals which is where viva and barnes have vivabarnslaw.locals.com we've got a a community of over a hundred thousand out there it's a great place it's like twitter with a little less noise uh Mm -hmm. and much much more well-informed uh twitter i am the viva fry and rumble and youtube viva fry Love it, man. Well, you're doing great work, and uh, I've enjoyed watching you grow over the past couple of years. Keep after it. We need people like you. And if you guys want to support my work, you can also go to libertylockdown.locals.com. We are out. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah. I just want to thank you guys for tuning in. Obviously, next Tuesday, as I've said, Tim Cast IRL going to be incredible. The entire Tower Gang crew, by the way, is scheduled to basically take over Timcast for the next five weeks. We're going to have one of us on every week for five weeks. It's so crazy. It's so totally ludicrous. It makes no sense at all. And that's basically how I've felt about my life for the past couple of years. Nothing makes sense. So why wouldn't this happen? (laughs) I think that's the best explanation. Everything's crazy. So of course, Tower Gang is on Timcast IRL five weeks in a row. Makes perfect sense. Uh, So don't, don't miss that. And just so you know, Coming up in the week after I get back from Tibcast IRL, I will have on Dave Smith and Jesse Kelly. What the hell is happening? Do not miss it. As always, leave a like, comment, subscribe. Make sure you subscribe, especially if you're watching this on Rumble, because I cannot put my whole episodes up on YouTube any longer. They are abusing me, and uh, sorry. It's what I got to do. Got to do what you got to do to survive. Uh, Make sure you subscribe over on Rumble. I really believe it's the future. And uh, yeah, go to libertylockdown.locals.com if you want to sign up to become a supporting member. I just did the AMA last night, had a couple guys join me. It was really fun. Uh, Make sure you don't miss out. I'll see you guys soon. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go?